And you are listening to 94.1 KPFA in Berkeley, 89.3 KPFB in Berkeley, 88.1 KFCF in Fresno, and online at kpfa.org. It is 3 p.m. Stay tuned next for Cover to Cover Open Book, a special tribute to Andrea Lewis. Joshua Redman, one of Andrea Lewis's favorite artists, uh, an artist that she's interviewed repeatedly. Today we're going to celebrate KPFA's Andrea Lewis, former co-host of The Morning Show, and more recently co-anchor of the KPFA Evening News and host of Sunday Sedition. Andrea died on Sunday of an apparent heart attack, and her sudden passing has shocked all of us here at KPFA, as well as her extended family and friends. Uh, we want to take this time today to speak with some of her friends and co-workers to help us remember her and give thanks for her incredible contribution to all of us who got a chance to know and hear her. Um, I'm joined in the studio by Lisa Rothman, former executive producer of The Morning Show and a good friend of Andrea. Lisa, thank you for coming in this morning. It's really an honor to be here, and I can't think of a sadder occasion to be here. Well, we're going to talk more with Lisa in just a moment, but before we get there, uh, we are joined right now on the phone by Belva Davis. Belva, veteran journalist here in Northern California and host of This Week in Northern California on KQED. Uh, Belva Davis, thank you very much for talking with us. Well, thank you for inviting me. I'm just happy to have the opportunity to say something about it absolutely wonderful woman. Well, Andrea joined me here on The Morning Show as co-host 10 years ago, and shortly thereafter, I started to see her on your program uh, this week in Northern California. And, and so those of us in radio always get a little bit queasy when we have to be in front of a camera. How did, how did Andrea make the transition? You know, she loved communicating via television, hated being on television. <laughs> and what by that I meant, hated to the degree she didn't want to fool around with all this getting the makeup on and color coordination and how you dress and all of that, you know. She just wanted to get on there and tell you what she was thinking about, but talk about something that she felt was important for people to know. And I teased her an awful lot and, you know, I let her know that the little eyes stuff around her eyes was really could wash off <laughs> soon after. So, so we we had a lot of fun uh, just talking about uh, the, you know the different forms of communication. Um, my earliest career was in radio, and I know the freedom that radio gives you because one doesn't have to worry about whether your collar is straight or not. You just have to try to get your facts together. So we shared that love of um, the simpler form of getting what we were thinking across versus what we might be looking like at that moment. And Velva Davis, what what do you believe she contributed to to the to your program? Well, she she, she 
she sometimes would call when she just knew there was a topic that we just might not uh, have gotten on a radar screen. She loved the arts. She loved the arts and the freedom that it gave to artists and those of us who interviewed them to communicate original ideas. And so if there was an art exhibit or a personality that had a message that resonated with her, she wanted to know, make sure that we knew about it. And she would go to these exhibits and from her interviews, sometimes they're on radio would gather facts that she would share with us on this week. We considered her one of our regulars, probably on with more arts reviews than anybody else that we ever booked. Uh, we loved her voice. We loved her personality. Uh, her smile was just a knockout. Um, and her interest level, the broad range of topics that um, fired her up was very interesting. And somehow, even in an arts piece, she could find a way to express her love of justice and her real dislike of injustice and to try to illuminate those with talent who she felt were not getting the kind of exposure they should have because of what they were contributing either to society or to the joy of life. The, the format of your show is, for people who aren't familiar, is that there are a number of topics that have happened this week in Northern California, and you invite various journalists from different media on to discuss those different topics, and then it's a roundtable discussion. And what I was always so struck by, in addition to everything you were saying about the exposure that Andrea brought to the cultural pieces she did and being able to communicate her love of justice through the way she talked about a variety of exhibits and performances was also the questions that she asked the other guests and they were talking about everything from state politics to local issues i was just always so struck by her versatility and i was wondering if that struck a chord with you also i think sometimes it was a little of a surprise to the other panelists hmm. because she took this uh, this time seriously and she studied those other topics we used to provide some background but of course she did a lot of work on her own and she really took great joy in coming up with a challenging question for others on the panel. And sometimes her challenge was to challenge their the way they had shaped the story. And so she would um, ask a question that could take the story sometimes in a different direction, but, but always still on, on point of whatever we were discussing. And I, I think that she enjoyed that as much as she did in presenting her own uh, thoughts and ideas in her, own, in her, her segment. Well, Belva Davis, uh, again, host of This Week in Northern California on KQED. Thank you very much for joining us. Thank you for inviting me. And again, we're reflecting on the life of our colleague, our friend, uh, Andrea Lewis, who died on Sunday of a heart attack, uh, age 52, uh, way too young, and her contribution is dearly missed. We're now joined on the telephone by one of Andrea's favorite guests, uh, a man who uh, has been brought back to the morning show uh, on many's the occasion, and um, Andrea Lewis was uh, really... Uh, excited as she could be to talk with Dave Zirin, who is the author of the book People's History of Sports in the United States, among other things. Dave Zirin, welcome back to the morning show. 
thank you for having me. I'm so sorry it's under these circumstances. Well, tell us a bit about. I mean, uh, I'm not the I'm not the sports guy, but Andrea sure. Andrea was uh, Andrea. Mm-hmm. Whatever the sport was, she was enthusiastic, knowledgeable. Um, uh, she she knew what was going on, and it wasn't just about who was winning and who was losing. It was about uh, the inside story of of the politics of it all as well. Tell us more. Absolutely. I mean, Andrea was one of the first people to ever have me on any radio show whatsoever. And as soon as we started talking, and the first time we spoke, it was actually on the air, I knew that I had a real kindred spirit who got what it was I was trying to do. And that was one of the big problems when I started, was I was trying to write about the intersection of sports and politics. And all the lefties said, oh, sports don't matter, they're irrelevant. And all the sports people said, ah, oh, nobody wants politics in their sports, get it out of here. And Andrea was somebody who just immediately got it. It immediately clicked for her. She understood that sports was a setting for struggle. She understood that there's a reason why we look to people like Jackie Robinson in the civil rights movement, Billie Jean King in the women's movement, Martina Navratilova in the LGBT movement. And she was able to dialogue on that with such a, a facility that um, it was just, it was more than just stunning to me. It was emboldening to me because it, it gave me confidence. It made me feel like I'm not alone on the island on this, that maybe there's actually an audience for this stuff. And I have to say that um, Andrea also cured me of some of my own, I guess you could call it ultra left snobbery about some things that have to do with sports as well. Like I was somebody who was very quick to dismiss, for example, golf as being anything resembling a legitimate sport. And it was Andrea who actually challenged me on that in a pretty, in a pretty uh, serious way. I mean, she, she was somebody who liked to play golf a great deal and thought that it was actually a bad thing that golf is sort of the province of the country club and the upper class. And uh, she, she spoke about a different kind of golfing tradition that exists on the public courses across the country. And that, that was an education for me. But every time I spoke to Andrea, it was an education. Well, I'm recalling uh, her telling the story of being on one of the golf courses in San Francisco. I can't remember which one. I think the one out by the Palace of Legion of Honor. And she was paired up with uh, uh, an older gentleman, uh, at random, more or less, to uh, be a twosome on the course. And uh, at the time, the controversy was about whether or not women should be uh, included in the U.S. Open in that golf course in Georgia. You probably know the name of it. Augusta National. Augusta National, that's it. Uh, And uh, this man just thought women had no business being on the course at Augusta National. And she took him on. (laughs) And she said she remembered when black people weren't allowed uh, on the course at Augusta National. And and this guy, I think, had a bit of a a shocker to realize that he wasn't going to just be able to uh, preserve his own antiquated ideas. (laughs) that's a a very fitting story with regard to Angie and you see see what she's doing there like she argued with him about his uh, his his sexism uh, with regards to golf and she argued with me about my ultra leftism with regard to golf I mean she was somebody who just had a a remarkably dynamic view about how to understand um, the sports world and it's it's that dynamic view that I don't know what was such a, a refreshing, embracing uh, interaction for me, and I'd say like oftentimes when I when I would do interviews on left wing style or liberal style radio shows, 
the questions sort of are like, Jackie Robinson, talk about that. Or Augusta National, what are your thoughts? You know, just sort of like giving the stage as if it's some sort of curio. And then I just sort of say a monologue about the politics of the sports or the sports and the politics. But Andrea had such a deep level of knowledge and engagement that it, it was real ideological friction in the best sense. And she took it as seriously as she would take interviewing somebody about the, the grand issues of the day. And, uh, I mean, it was just she had so much respect with the way she argued with people that it was just it was a wonderful thing dave zyron people's history of sports in the united states thank you very much for joining us it's, it's my privilege thank you this tuesday this coming tuesday november 24th there's going to be a memorial uh for andrea lewis from 6 to 9 p.m at the first unitarian church of oakland 685 14th street at martin luther king in downtown oakland I'm joined on the telephone by Matthew Rothschild, editor of the Progressive magazine. Andrea Lewis was a contributing writer for the Progressive for a decade or so, uh, starting with the Progressive Media Project and then the Progressive magazine itself. Uh, Matthew, welcome to the morning show. Hi, Phil. Thanks for having me on on this tragic occasion. So tell us uh, of your relationship with Andrea. I know uh, you were her editor, and sometimes the relationship between a writer and an editor can be uh, daunting. Well, it wasn't in this case, actually, uh, though she certainly would stand by her words if she thought we were not doing them a favor. Uh, so she was tough in that way. But we had a real sweet relationship, uh, uh, and uh, I had a more personal relationship with her than I have with most of our writers. And I'm not exactly sure why, other than the fact that, I, you know, I found her so engaging, and she was fun to talk with and fun to be with in the few times that I was actually physically with her. So that manner of hers was so... Uh, so fun to be around and so easy and for me as an editor she would take our edits uh, pretty well when she thought we were uh, helping her out and editors should always help writers out if we're doing uh, damage to something we're doing our job badly uh, and what kind of topics did she write about well she would you know her the thing she wrote about most uh, for us uh, at the progressive media project anyway were issues of race uh, and homophobia and she also wrote about those issues for the progressive but she ventured further afield for the progressive and really got into some of the things that uh, I think uh, animated her life like music uh, and, and, and culture she would write uh, profiles she would do interviews sometimes she would uh, translate an interview that she did for you at KPFA uh, into a Q&A in the progressive magazine and she enjoyed you know shaping it uh, for print uh, as well as uh, shaping things for radio. She was also a big sports fan as well. She was, and that was the thing, one of the things we talked about a lot, and she would ask me how my jump shot was in the business <laughs> game that I have at lunchtime, and she would laugh if I told her about a tennis game I was in, and, and then, you know, in the last uh, several months, we talked about the U.S. Open and Serena Williams' outburst there, and, and she had an interesting take on it. She said, well, Federer swore three times, and they only reported on it once in the, in the media, and they made a huge deal out of what Serena Williams did, and it was a huge deal, she admitted, but she thought there was a double standard there. And then, yeah, she talked to me about basketball a lot, about Shaquille O'Neal, and uh, she 
She wondered if, if Cleveland was going to win with Shaquille and LeBron James this year. She knew that I had predicted that Shaquille O'Neal was going to bring a championship to Miami, and they did that, and she laughed when my prediction came true. So we would banter about that on the email, and, and she was more informed on sports than I was, for sure. Well, ditto to that for me. Um, also, uh, a very out lesbian, a proud lesbian of color, and uh, that that uh, was evident in her work both on the radio and in print. Also, it was evident at a, at a conference we had this May in Madison, Wisconsin, for the 100th anniversary of the Progressive. She was on a panel about civil uh, rights for all, and she led off uh, talking about herself, uh, herself as a African-American, herself as an out lesbian, herself as a, as a woman and a woman of size and a, and a woman who was dealing with disability by that point. And she demanded of everyone in the audience that we not let slide the kind of house and garden bigotry that we would encounter uh, if, uh, uh, you know, some neighbor or some family member would say something outrageous. She uh, insisted that we call them out on that. And that, and by that person-to-person uh, -person challenge, we could uh, advance equality in this country. And I thought it was a really solid point. Well, Matthew, we're going to let you go, but uh, much appreciation. You've written a great uh, obit for Andrea. How can people access that? Oh, just go to our website at progressive.org. We've got it uh, on the homepage, the lead story, with a beautiful picture of Andrea, too. So uh, we want to give her her due. It's such a, such a loss. Matthew Rothschild, editor of The Progressive, thank you again. My pleasure. I'm joined in the studio by Lisa Rothman. Lisa Rothman was executive producer of the morning show for at least, uh, what, eight years or so uh, during the tenure of Andrea as my co-host on the program. Lisa? Yeah, and we're also also pleased to be joined by Eileen Alfandari of the news department, who was a colleague of Andrea, obviously, and also a friend of Andrea. Eileen, what would you like to talk about today? M much of what's been said about Andrea, I, I would uh, echo her grasp of a whole range of topics and interest, her curiosity uh, and interest in a whole range of topics, whether sports, music, culture, politics, world affairs, and the personal side. You know, she was quite an engaging interviewer. She could get her guests to relax and open up to her. And what you heard on the air was the Andrea we all experienced uh, here at KPFA. She got her colleagues to open up to her. I'll have to say when we would have editorial meetings, I'd be tapping my toes, wanting to get right down to business and deal with the business at hand and get back to working on the newscast. But Andrea would want to, you know, stop a moment and check in and find out, you know, how are you doing, Eileen? How's your daughter? Check in with John Hamilton, Mark Miracle, uh, Brian Edwards Teekert, the others of us around that table and that again was uh, was quintessential Andrea another issue that's been raised I've heard raised this morning is how Andrea questioned uh, maybe not everything but a lot of assumptions she could seem like a contrarian at times um and she wasn't being a contrarian for the sake of being one, although sometimes it might seem so. I think she really saw it as her mission to question assumptions and to bring up issues, as Matt Rothschild was just saying, uh, bring up topics that can be uncomfortable to talk about. And she had a very, I'll have to say, comfortable and pleasant way of dealing with some really, you know, hot button third rail topics. Again, whether it was on the air, she had no fear in bringing up the issue 
issues of race and gender that can be hard to talk about. And she brought them up to her colleagues here uh, at the radio station. So as as everybody has been saying, um, I am uh, shocked, uh, stunned, um, very, very sad, um, still kind of can't quite believe the news. And it is a tremendous loss to all of us here at KPFA and uh, all the, the many thousands of listeners to KPFA who have uh, grown to know and to love Andrea. I just want to underline what Eileen just said about uh, Andrea challenging her colleagues and friends uh, uh, as a white male from a pretty middle class background. Background. Uh, she was never hesitant to say, Philip, think about that a second. <laughs> think about uh, how you're framing this. And maybe for others, it doesn't really come down that way. And she made me think. She made me change. She changed me. Um, and uh, it was much appreciated. Eileen, thank you very much. Thank you, Philip and Lisa. One of her favorite comedians was Kate Clinton. And we're going to listen to an interview that Andrea did with Kate Clinton now. And just before this, you were a high school teacher or something, yep, right? Yeah, a high school English teacher for eight years, which is excellent preparation for, for doing <laughs> tough crowd. Oh, my God. And they come back every day. And I think I learned there that it doesn't really matter what you say in the first five minutes because all they're doing is checking out what you're wearing. <laughs> Even high school students. Oh, right? yeah. They're like, mm-mm. I don't think so. One time I had a pair of, uh, I don't know what happened. I had a pair of pantyhose that just sort of lost its life. And all and I looked down, I looked like an elephant ankle. <laughs> and I'm taking roll and nobody's paying attention because they're all horrified looking at my yeah so i just stepped into the waste paper basket which they loved and I'm just sure. didn't and just say a word like just that. didn't say a word no i just hopped around in the waste paper basket for the whole time <laughs> they must have loved you and what you're teaching english is that right uh, yep high school english so i wanted to try stand up and i kept saying it i you know i said oh i want to try i want to try and truly what happened was my best friend booked me in a club and she called me and she said, unknowingly or she- uh, absolutely unknowingly to me. And she said, you're on in a month. I don't want to hear about it anymore. And that was my first show. So how did that feel? Were you completely freaked out, nervous, or were you like, this is what I've been waiting for? It was a combination of all that. You know, I was ha- relieved to finally do it. And we put a little poster up in the women's bar in Syracuse, New York, called Ms. Adventure. <laughs> and, uh, and you know, 180 of my closest friends came, and they were very supportive. It was like a codependent meeting. Well, it's funny for me thinking about Kay Clinton, because years ago when I first moved to the Bay Area, which was some 20-plus years ago, I was working at this women's paper plexus, and I remember mm-hmm. doing an interview with you on the phone, which was delightful. And then I went to see a show at the Great American Music Hall, and mm-hmm. I, I really don't think I have ever been to a comedy show that made me hurt so much. Because I just left, and the, uh, there was also just this incredible energy. Like, everyone was, like, rolling. In the, I mean, people joke about that, but people were just not even able to stay in their seats so um, yeah I mean you were good right away it seems to well, me well it was that high school English thing you know I mean, people say where did you get your training and I, I say to them high school English I taught high school English and they're like oh okay we get it we, we do get it again Andrea Lewis interviewing Kate Clinton um and that mention of Plexus, the women's newspaper, Andrea had an incredible array of, of her, her resume was huge. Um, she was uh, at uh, Pacific News Service. Uh, she had a, a day job at HarperCollins editing books. Uh, she at one time was at a, um, what do you call it, an answering service. And she had to be polite to people who were just nasty, obnoxious people on the phone. Uh, she also... 
was an editor at uh, Mother Jones Magazine, uh, and she first appeared really on the morning show on KPFA because our then executive producer, Andrea Kissick, put out the word that she wanted to get commentaries on the program, and she heard, um, I don't know how she found Andrea, probably one of these uh, Andrea activities, but Andrea came in and recorded a commentary that just rocked. Uh, and after that, she was on our radar. Uh, Lisa Rothman, uh, she came to the morning show about 10 years ago this month, 10 years ago, December of 99. Yeah, and she told a story that uh, she had sent in her resume and cover letter for the position the day that we got locked out. <laughs> so, which was also the day that the position closed. And later, you know, later on, she would recall, yeah, I just sent that thing off and thought, well, I'll never be hearing from them again. But we got back into the building in 1999 and we regrouped and six months in, we began a hiring process to bring someone onto the morning show and when we brought her in and interviewed her and discovered the range and depth of her experience even though her radio experience had really been limited to that commentary we were just like well let's let's do this and i just remember putting her on the air and she was a natural right from the get-go and i remember that after the second day that she was on the air with you we, we had a conversation about it and you said you know lisa everything she says is smart and i i couldn't have agreed with you more well um among the things we've left out she had an interest a fascination with astronomy um, so you can see that she was, she had interests, uh, uh, everywhere. I mentioned earlier that she was a 20 year veteran of the San Francisco Symphony Chorus. Uh, the then director, Vance George, was really a very sweet inspiration to Andrea. Um, Andrea last performed, uh, with the San Francisco Symphony Chorus, uh, performing Mahler's, uh, Symphony Number no. 8, uh, one year ago, November of 08. Uh, not only did she perform uh, at the San Francisco Symphony Chorus, but Lisa, she performed at your wedding. So tell us about the wedding. Okay. I was there. You were there. She yeah. actually performed. She got her license to perform the ceremony, right? She did perform the ceremony because we were really wondering, uh, because I come from a very Jewish, very progressive family. My husband's family is from Michigan. Dutch Orthodox Protestant who are like, who is going to be able to bring these two families together? And we thought, well, Andrea's done many jobs, as you mentioned. <laughs> Some of them, that you, a couple you left out, massage therapist, yes, fact checker, so, so many. She was a generalist, and we thought, well, not a specialist. And we thought, well, Andrea is going, Andrea would be the perfect person for our wedding. And so she not only got deputized, she was so excited to be a deputy, and there was, there was such, such a little devilish impishness, as she said, by the power vested in me, there is glee, I now pronounce you husband and wife. And she sang, and she of course, you know, had opinions about what, about what song she would perform, and uh, she vetoed Moon River, which, uh, <laughs> as actually did everybody else. But so we went to the Beatles songbook, and we collaborated. Collaboratively, we by consensus decided that she would sing as one of the songs in my life by the Beatles, and we'd like to listen to that now. There are places 
I remember all my life. Though some have changed, some forever, not for better. Some have gone and some remain. All these places have their moments. With lovers and friends, I still can recall some are dead and some are living. In my life, I've loved them all. But of all these friends and lovers, there is no one compares with you. And these memories lose their meaning when I think of love as something new. Though I know I'll never lose affection. For people and things that went before, I know I'll always think and think about them. In my life, I love you more. What an incredible voice, uh, a cappella. I, I just am ever amazed andrea lewis the memorial for andrea will be tuesday night next week november 24th from 6 to 9 p.m at the first unitarian church of oakland at 685 14th street at martin luther king and everyone's invited and uh you going to tell us about the listener comment line yes if listeners would like to call 510-848-6767 extension 622 and leave their own memories or favorite moments of listening to andrea we will edit some of those and play them on the tribute show that we'll be doing this sunday from 9 to 11 in the morning so again this sunday 9 to 11 a tribute to andrea lewis here on kpfa i also encourage you if you'd rather email your uh respects and memories of andrea Lewis to go to morningshow at kpfa.org. Join KPFA friends and family, the 39th annual KPFA Crafts and Music Fair on Saturday, December 12th and Sunday, December 13th at the Concourse at 8th and Brannon in San Francisco. The fair is open from 10 a.m. to 6 p.m.